The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Beyond. 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 I think we're live. I think we haven't totally <laughs> messed this up. We'll find out. Uh, Beyond and hello, everyone. My name is Jonathan Dornbush. I'm your host for this episode 587 of our weekly PlayStation show. We're so close to 600. I'm joined this week by Lucy O'Brien. Hello. Hey, Lucy. Welcome. This is your first time on the video show. Again. Again. Yes. Yeah. So great to have it's you It's a little back. different, but yeah. it's nice to be back. We're facing this way instead of the opposite way. Uh-huh. or at our phones. Uh, and this time we also have Tom Marks with us. Hello. Hey, Tom. Thank you for, so much for joining us. Yeah. Uh, we, for those who may be wondering, Brian and Max were at Star Wars Celebration this week. Thank you. Yeah, if you wouldn't mind taking that away. Uh, they are just traveling back from Star Wars Celebration. So, understandably, they took some time off. I feel uh, like they had the time of their lives. Yeah, well. it seems like they had a good weekend. <laughs> so, frankly, I don't think they deserve the time off. But they can come <laughs> complain to me about that. Uh, no, so we're doing this week's episode live I hope, otherwise the internet is collapsing, uh, because this morning we got PlayStation 5 details. So weird. It's so so strange. So for this week's News Crunch, we're going to be doing PlayStation 5 details. It's funny because we just play that and we all just sit here quietly usually, but because we're on video now, I feel like we have to like do things and talk while that little goes on. Um, so if you're wondering, we are streaming on youtube.com slash IGN Beyond. I'm going to be taking some questions either from Twitter or the Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash groups slash podcast beyond. So if you haven't joined that group already, please do, as well as from the YouTube chat if you're in there. Uh, for reference before this ran, we obviously we found out from earlier today Wired had a exclusive interview with Mark Cerny from PlayStation about the next generation PlayStation. They wouldn't call it a PlayStation 5 or PS5. They haven't confirmed the name. We're just going to call it that going forward because that's a lot easier, I think, than just but saying it, next gen PlayStation. Yeah, I mean, historically, that's what it's going to well, be called unless... And I was Sony is like, whoa. Yeah, I mean, well, so obviously <laughs> they did the PlayStation Portable and the PlayStation Vita. Mm. Do you think they're going to make the dumb choice and not name it PS5? No, like, I is think there there's, any there's so much like brand loyalty to the numerical thing. Yeah. Like, I, it has to be called PS5. I'll be kind of angry if it's not. It'll be some dumb name if it's not. It'll be yeah. really dumb. I like, code names are one thing when it's like Orpheus and when they were doing all those like kind of matrixy kind of like Greek yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But to have those be the real name. Kind of changes. Yeah, things. like PlayStation, like Orca. I'd, I'd buy that. <laughs> Would you? Were you saying Auker or Orca? 
or, or, or Orca. Okay, or, I just want to make sure I was on the same page. Um, so, yeah, I want to break down everything we learned in this Wired interview with Mark Cerny. Mm. Uh, we'll go through some of the biggest details. Tom, as the PC wizard among us who knows uh, the capabilities of hardwares and such far beyond our dreams on the PS4 or PS4 Pro, <laughs> I hope you can provide us with some information there. Uh, your uh, words. Yeah, they're my words, but uh, you'll have to live <laughs> up to them. Uh, some of the biggest things we learned, I want to start right off the bat mm-hmm. with one that I think is a really, really big deal backwards compatibility yeah so they confirmed that the ps5 will be backward compatible with your ps4 uh, essentially they're built on very similar architecture so it wasn't that hard for them to make that jump uh, in addition that means psvr current headsets will be supported on the ps5 uh, how do you both feel about them actually having backward compatibility this time around after foregoing it for the yeah PS4? I, I mean it's it's always great news backwards compatibility is such a uh like a sort of consumer-focused decision to make. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased. I, you know, the, the PSVR thing is interesting. Like, I definitely got... Uh, it's, it's been such a focus for Sony in the last couple of years. And, yeah, Mark was not so much forthcoming with... Yeah, they, they asked if there would be a PSVR 2.0, like, mm. launching with it, and he, he, he didn't say anything. There are, like, three different points in the... Um, in the interview where the writer's like, Mark gave me a sly smile, so I presumed that Yeah, was there was a lot of that kind of <laughs> writing, like, right? Okay, we'll see what happened. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. I wish they had described what Mark Cerny was Enigmatic. eating at the time. Yeah. I found him by the window of the Four Seasons. <laughs> he was staring at, like, one of those, like, Vanity Fair Smoking a cigarette. <laughs> he um, said knack under his breath. And, and um, he said, but he said that VR is important to them going forward still. Yeah. And that yes. They weren't going to announce their plans, but the original would work, which made it sound like maybe they are cooking something new up. I and think it's just like also reassuring people in the same way that they're reassuring with backwards compatibility. Yeah. So uh, the Oculus is getting the Oculus Quest, which will be wire-free, essentially, yeah. VR gaming. Do you think they will do that with a PSVR 2.0, or do you think it'll be further down the line? Like, is that too expensive for them to mass market in that way as yeah, an add-on? I don't know if if Sony is going for that market. Yeah, because the, the thing that is very appealing of the PSVR to me compared to other VR headsets is the price, right? It's mm-hmm. It's pretty cheap and it's pretty cheap for pretty good for what you're getting uh even valve valve is is likely making something i think it's called the index right there uh, we are expecting an announcement for it next year they kind of slyly revealed it or next month excuse me and they slightly revealed it last month um even that's not going to be wireless from what we can see and they're like the high end mm. so i think that well, wireless vr is hard to do it's very very power intensive and it's probably pretty pricey so even though the Quest's whole goal is, you know, affordability, affordability yeah. but it's affordability on a, lar- on a higher end of the scale than I think Sony is aiming for, which means I don't think we'll see that. Yeah. I, I imagine we'll get an upgraded one that obviously will be better supporting HDR pass-through, which was what they did with the updated model, but like yeah. 4K gaming, be- better resolution and all of that. We'll see how much of their PS5 push is PSVR enabled because like right now that's kind of their year like 2019 is a very psvr heavy year so i'm curious to see how that transitions to the next generation yeah i just don't want it to become like the vita yeah mm. me too. you know that's one of those that that's always in the back of my mind with psvr i'm like oh is it is this just gonna be slowly forgotten as the focus <laughs> becomes more on next gen yeah. i hope not it feels like especially what we talked about it a few weeks ago but we had this huge like psvr preview opportunity and mm. there's so many cool looking games coming out it's one where you get to be iron man no man's sky is in vr like all these cool opportunities i hope they don't lose sight of that like what they're able to do in that space for me honestly they don't even have to go wireless to make it be a 
more appealing device. All they would have to do is simplify the cable situation. Yeah. If they could make it so that whatever the next gen of PSVR is just plugs into the back of the system with one cable and you don't have to turn on this box and plug in three different things and if they just simplified that user experience... I think it would go a long way to doing what wireless essentially would do anyway yeah. and probably be cheap, much cheaper than wireless. Yeah, for sure. I think their aim will definitely be to keep the price down no matter what. Yeah. Um, moving on. So they mentioned in this wired piece the CPU and the GPU. I don't know what any of these words mean, Tom. Maybe you do. Let's find out. I know some of them. Uh, the CPU, uh, this is all quoted directly from the Wired article, is based on the third generation of AMD's Ryzen line like Horizon Zero Dawn, maybe? R-Y-Z-E-N. Yes. And contains yeah. eight cores of the company's new 7NM Zen 2 microarchitecture. Yeah. I feel like I'm and in a go. Michael Bay movie. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, the the best way to put it is just that it's a very modern, like if you, and I, I'm not technical enough to get into the nitty nitty gritty of what all of that means exactly, but basically it is, they're using really, really, really cutting edge AMD stuff, right? Like they're, they're using, they're going... Past and I think they mentioned this with the GPU too. They're going a little bit past what's already consumer ready with the GPU, which makes sense if this isn't coming out this year. Um, yeah. So the GPU will be a custom variant of Radeon's Navi family. Yeah. Uh, and it'll support ray tracing, which yes. we've heard as a mm. buzzword a lot around. I, Are you? Whatever? I don't buy that at all. Well, that, like that the ra- the ray tracing stuff. I I buy that it will. In big air quotes, support ray tracing because like it supports 8K. Yes, exactly. It's it's they're marketing words that are hot right now and are still extremely hard to actually achieve those results. As as uh, Seth Macy wrote this really great piece breaking down how like maybe we shouldn't freak out about the 8K stuff, and she can find on IGN.com right now, uh, where he said, and it's a really good line where he was like, it wouldn't be a lie to say that any device that uses HDMI 2.1, which is the next type of HDMI kind of input cable dealy, it, it wouldn't be a lie to say that any device that uses HDMI 2.1 mm-hmm. supports 8K, which is true. Anything that uses that cable can theoretically do 8K. Uh, and any modern graphics card, any new kind of generation of graphics cards coming out in the next few years could support ray tracing in big quotes. But that doesn't mean that they're going to be strong enough that you're just going to be able to like flick ray tracing on. Because even NVIDIA came out of the gates really hard with their 2080 and 2080 Ti being like, the future is ray tracing. And then they showed these demos and it was like not working well, even on like (laughs) the top of the line cards they were showing. Ray tracing is a thing that is going to happen, but I think it might be a little bit out of this generation's reach still because it is an like unfathomably difficult thing to process reflections and lighting in the way ray tracing demands. And we're getting there, but I think this is going to be the type of thing where we we see the early beginnings of it being used in, in whatever this console is, and then maybe whatever the PS5 Pro, if that exists, <laughs> will probably amp it up a little bit. I, I do feel like there are a few like smoke and mirrors in there has the to interview be. as a whole, like Mark, this is not a slight on on Mark Cerny, but like he's quite good at this stuff. You know, yeah. he he's still using the term "it's a game changer" <laughs> in 2019. You know what I mean? Like, I, I th- th- there were some interesting little details, but I still feel like I don't really know what this machine can yeah. do yet. And I do want to get to our thoughts about just the way they delivered all this information uh, toward the end of it, because I do. It's a very interesting way to go about mm. it, especially mm. compared to the PS4. Uh, but anyway, moving on a little bit more on the spec side, they also said the AMD chip will have a custom unit for 3D audio. 
uh, that is the heavy focus will be like the headphone experience. It will right. it will work in TV speakers and surround sound, visual surround sound systems. But the idea is that you're really going to get that 3D spatial audio, I would presume, like from a headphone set. Uh, we've seen a few games like dabble with that very heavily this generation, obviously uh, Hellblade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hellblade. Uh, there are so many games with Hell and Blade in the title. I was like, don't mess it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, that was a vi- like that was a core part of the gameplay focus there, um, with e- the way the voices would play around you, which was binaural audio. I think, I think that, that is that was is that, the term. Yeah. Um, so obviously, there are advantages to using that type of system, uh-huh. and especially in like a VR setting, I see that being used the most. Right. Imagine. I'm I'm really curious what they can do to make that better because, as far as I under like. In my experience playing games, like Overwatch has that. If you're using headphones, it has really good spatial audio, and Rainbow Six Siege has that. Well, There's any, a lot of games that already do that. Yeah, and, any competitive game needs to have that. Right, Because exactly. otherwise it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, and um, I, I just... I, I'm curious. I mean, I think it's really cool that they're they're using this as a selling point of this yeah. con- this system. But I just don't know practically what that means because to me, it seems like it's still just going to be limited by like if you're using crappy headphones, it's going to sound bad, still gonna right? Be, yeah. So I'm 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 really excited to see if they can find a way to sort of level that playing field out a little bit more. I hope people. they really pump up the idea of like the 3D audio and the spatial stuff they're doing and then still ship in the PS5 box just one of those like really bad single earbud <laughs> headphones. The, that, the, the thing that you always like, yeah, like you like, try oh, and give away this. and then yeah. no one wants it so you just end up like throwing it away. But then every once in a while, especially in college, it was like, there would be times where like my nice headphones broke or like the speakers weren't properly connecting and I'm like crap I need this like little thing where did I store it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, moving on to another little bit of tech stuff but I think like the biggest selling point of this story Mm -hmm. in terms of the PlayStation features is the custom built in solid state drive Um, so as the article points out obviously solid state drives have been around for quite a while in the PC and laptop realm you can also include them for your Xbox One and PS4 uh, you can use them as external SSDs, and they occasionally will improve load times, and obviously you can pull in your saves and everything from there. But this will have a like custom-built SSD in it, and the way that it was shown off was an example of a Spider-Man load time. So for those who haven't read it, uh, essentially they played Spider-Man PS4 on a PS4 Pro, and they did one of the fast travel sections, and it took 18 or 15 seconds for that load to happen. Mm-hmm. They then played it on the dev kit version of the PS5, whatever it is. They, there was no, for reference, there was no actual like console in the room with them. It was just hidden behind like a silver box. They had no idea what the dev kit looked like or the components. It took 0.8 seconds for that same exact load. Ooh. Yeah. Yummy. Just yeah, quite that's, a, that's, that's a huge jump. That's yeah. really nice. And that's SSDs, man. I, I, like... SSDs have been sort of the. I really don't want to come off like a piece of gaming, but like SSDs. <laughs> That's, have why of, yeah. That's why you're here, Tom. That's why you're on the show today. Is to be that guy. No, no, I, I, I don't like fueling that sort of feud. But SSDs have been the standard for a while now as like your boot drive in PC mm-hmm. gaming because of that. Because everything becomes faster, and it's not just the games, right? Like the the having an actual boot drive having the os of this hardware on the on an ssd is going to mean you you press the button and you're at a game in three seconds right that's not a real number that's just making <laughs> that up but like it's going to be very when very you were quick. testing the ps5 yes no, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um and the point that dan stapleton our reviews editor pointed out to me which i think is a, a nice insight is uh it's probably coming down more than anything to price at this point because SSDs are to get high capacity SSDs. It's still like a little bit out of a console 
price range traditionally. And so it's really, really cool that they've developed something that is really, really fast from the sounds of it and I assume is not going to be 32 gigabytes, right? Like it's going to be a usable hard drive, a usable like built-in drive. Uh, yeah, that's that's probably the most exciting part of this to me from what they've what they've said. Yeah, this feel and this is why I think it was a conversation they had with Wired in the same way that like Eurogamer and Digital Foundry had the first specs of like the Xbox One X before they officially announced it, like one of those things because right. they're talking to a specific audience. I yeah, uh, I, st- I still find like like this is you know all kudos to Wired because sure. it's a it's a great exclusive, it's a great get. Um, it's still just such an interesting way to deliver it. Well, so we can jump to that for a yeah, second. Yeah, I, I don't want to get ahead. I don't no, want to get yeah, ahead. Yeah, I, I do. I, I have a lot of thoughts about that, too, especially as mm. someone who used to work on a print publication. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway, in regard to the SSD, uh, Cerny claims, according to Wired, that it has a raw bandwidth higher than any SSD available for PCs. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm is sorry. a claim and you is can it, make. is it still my, be, what, $600? My eyes just always glaze over when I hear talk like that this far out from a release. Like, I, I yeah. don't think he's a liar or anything. I think he's probably correct in this moment in time. It is just like, but what, what is, will that look like? What does that mean practically? Mm-hmm. What does that yeah. look like in a year and a half? What does that yeah. look like price wise? Like, there are so many things where I'm like, cool, this is a really, really fast SSD. But like, yeah. you could sell a really, really fast SSD for $1,000 and I wouldn't buy it, right? Yeah. I, I think the interesting part of it, and it's kind of what Cerny speaks to with Wired, is like the idea of this is not to be like next gen is all about faster load times and that's it. It is the <laughs> right, idea that like right. that means the world can be rendered much more quickly. And so they had a little bit of the demo of Spider-Man and it was running at a much smoother and higher speed. Yeah. Um, and it was keeping a pace with him as he was swinging through the world much better than it even does on a PS4 Pro. And I think the idea that they were trying to convey is like we want you to be able to create more dense world we want you to be able to create larger worlds like things with so much more interesting stuff going on and Mm -hmm. like we talked a lot about at the end of last year of like the absurdity of what red dead redemption 2's world packs into it like regardless of i think however anyone felt on staff about that game it's like hard to deny how amazing that world is yeah it looks and how it breathes it's really hard to go back to open world games yeah like that were built before Red Dead 2 because it's shown what can be done. Like I I said this in in episodes prior, but I do feel like Red Dead 2 kind of is at the height of where our generation is and, you know, the current generation. Sure. What what the current generation can do. Yeah, and I say, have you played Tetris Effect? But that's a discussion for another day. (laughs) But it would be, yeah, it's, you know, that is exciting to me because I want to see more of that kind of, I want to see bigger worlds. I want to see, I mean... I personally want like denser worlds. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, more like like quality of yes, quantity, right? Yeah, totally. I, w- I would take like a world that is the size of an indie, like the Falcon Age world, which is relatively small. It's mm-hmm. like a Firewatch akin, but just packed with detail and packed with life and packed with interesting things to interact with. Yeah. And that's that's I think a big part of what this interview seemed to push too is that this is something that will allow. This is a device that will allow those sort of scope changes rather than just oh it's a little bit stronger it's a little bit faster is that they're they're hoping that it will then it will represent a generational shift right they're hoping that it is all of these things kind of combined are going to be that significant and that that was the sound of the interview was like we want this to convey the idea that this is a generational shift and not just a ps4 pro deluxe yeah like not a ps4 pro deluxe and I get that because at the end of the day, like the the jump from PS2 to PS3 is so marked that you like instantly yeah. can tell the HD fidelity of things. And I think in this generation, we've now seen the difference. Like if you look at 
PS3 games compared to something like a God of War or a Red Dead, there is obviously a clear jump, but it wasn't as immediately immediately We're hitting immediately a- noticeable. I can't speak. It's okay. so excited about the graphics, Tom. <laughs> We're hitting a plateau, though. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and that's what's exciting about ray tracing, and it's what's exciting about, I think, one of the reasons everyone wants to use that as a buzzword is because ray tracing is sort of the next step to get over that plateau to where games will have that sort of wow factor of a PS2 game to a PS3 game where you look at it and you go, wow, that is better, is that. And it's harder and harder to make someone do that nowadays. It, yeah, it was it was hard for me to conceptualize how it would be a generational shift rather yeah. than like the PS4 Pro Deluxe, which is kind of what it sounded like on paper, which is again, and I know I, I'm like, I'm sort of going over this point, but which is again why... I thought that just a dry text article was a really interesting way to deliver this because, yeah. you know, this is something when you're promising a generational shift, you want to see that in action. Yeah. You yeah. want to see like a, a basic tech demo. You want to see something really like just proof of concept to, to help you visualize it. Because to me, it, it all sounds cool, but I can't really see it in my mind as being the next generation. Yeah, it's hard to convey without practical details like that. The Spider-Man load thing is the most practical application of like, oh, I can see Mm -hmm. that this will change things. Um, Or read about seeing. Or, yeah, read about seeing. (laughs) I haven't seen it actually in practice, but we'll find out if it does that. Um, Going over just a little bit more detail from the article before we jump into thoughts and some questions from the audience. um, They said it won't be coming in 2019. So that was of the other details. Yeah. Yeah. In a year where Sony is like, we're not going to be at E3, Mm -hmm. they didn't do a PSX (laughs) at the end of last year. They did their first state of play, and it was admittedly nothing was like on the scale of a Last of Us or a PS5 or something of those nature, that nature. Yeah, it'd be a little weird to launch that console this year. No, no, no. You see, they're skipping E3 to launch the system. That would be so great. If So now we know when Xbox's conference is, it's like that Sunday at like 1 p.m. Wouldn't it be amazing if they're like, and the console goes on sale? At, or like <laughs> That would be wouldn't it, so <laughs> sneaky and amazing. And I think- Or I not think, even the console, but just like The Last oh, of Us Part Two goes on sale I want Sunday. that to I know, right? Wouldn't I that really want that to happen. Well, like, I just want them to pull off a real like yeah. jerk move yep. and just be like, surprise- and there's one under your seat. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone at the Xbox conference gets Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> Andrew Goldfarb will hand it to you as you walk out the door. Um, yeah, I think 2020 is still the like common sense, obvious answer yeah. to me. How are we feeling about window? We had this conversation a few months back about like what part of the year will come in 2020. I made the bold claim. I thought it might come in the early spring part of the year. Are we thinking fall, though? Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. Again, the reveal is so weird. Like, I just don't... I don't know where that leaves us now. Like, what yeah. comes next? What What is the next thing? Because if, if I knew when the next kind of, like, Info asset drop, drop yeah. mm. was coming, I think we would have a clearer idea. But right now, I just have no idea. Yeah. I've got no clue. Well, I think that's part of, for, for Window, I still think end of the year, but end of 2020 is, is my vibe. Mm. Just because it seems like a... I'm trying to think of how many consoles have launched out of holiday season or out of spitting distance of holiday season. <laughs> I guess the Switch yeah. is a good one, yeah. but Th- That's the biggest one I think that proved you can succeed out of time. But right. obviously it had a very specific hook to it. It was very... It's Nintendo. There's a very unique bent usually to them. So yeah. if, if just a standard console was released in the spring, I think it would be a little different for people. Yeah. Um, also, I did want to ask what you think the price will be. Knowing what we do about somewhat of the technology involved in there, I did put a poll onto the YouTube channel for Beyond, which is youtube.com slash 
IGN Beyond if you aren't subscribed to that. Subscribe and hit the like button. I don't, I'm not. Oh, you're <laughs> such a natural, yeah. Jonathan. Ding that bell. I don't know if there's a bell even on the page anymore. Um, <laughs> ding that bell. Ding that oh, bell. No. Anyway, uh, I put a poll in to see what people thought the price point would be uh, with a little over 300 votes. 57% of the votes think it will be $499, 21% think $399, 9% think $449, and 13% think $599. So, so the, win- the winner was $500? The winner was $500. Okay. So obviously it was a very big deal when they announced the PS3 and they launched two different SKU price points. I believe mm-hmm. it was 5 and 600 at the time, or it was maybe 4 and 5. I think it was 5 and 6. And they were like, someone at the conference you know said like you'll want to work a second job to get a ps3 like that was some of the rhetoric around that price point i think they learned especially this generation with the xbox one versus ps4 it is not it is worth going a little lower even if that means the tech isn't the highest capability mm-hmm. but where where are we thinking the price point's going to be uh my gut tells me five yeah but i'm really not sure um it, it's it's one of these i mean this is the thing is that they're saying all these things about these really, really high-end tech of, of things that haven't even come out yet, and all those prices are hard to predict, especially nowadays where like some things are sort of in flux. In flux, yeah. And I, I would be willing to bet they don't know until they get closer to the day it releases, right? Because as weird as this is, the price of silicone and all those great little things and all the little bits and bobs are going to just like fluctuate. Um, I would like it to be four hundred or less, mm. but I mean, I mean, I'd like it to be a hundred, but I'm not <laughs> going crazy here. Yeah, it's 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 one of those interesting things because uh, if you kind of built a PC that had the power of what he's promising or sort of alluding to, you know, that's a very expensive PC, right? Yeah, right. So it's just you know, there's obviously there are some shortcuts that are being taken and I don't know what those are and I don't know what those look like. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, again, I, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I, 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 400. 400 would be nice. Would I'm, be nice. I'm expecting five, but, but I love four. It doesn't well, feel realistic. Yeah. And, I, and it's it's tricky. The the building a PC thing is always a... Fallacy. It, it, yeah, it's an, always an impossible task mm-hmm. because they can work directly with manufacturers and yeah. stuff they can get stuff custom built also they are okay with taking a loss where you can't just like not pay for the entirety of a computer um but the, to that point the 2080 ti the nvidia 2080 mm-hmm. ti their top of the line graphics card that is supposed to be the ray tracing behemoth right now is like twelve hundred dollars just for that card right so I don't think saying, it will go twelve hundred. <laughs> if they're saying <laughs> yeah. it supports ray tracing, then like, how how are they cutting those costs yeah. down? Yeah. Well, and how much of a pay cut? Because traditionally, console makers do take a pay cut at the, especially at the beginning of a generation to get the thing into people's homes. Oh, like yeah. take a loss. Yeah, Operating they always a take it a loss. Yeah. Um, going into Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. First of all, thank you everyone who's been commenting or watching along live with us, uh, trying to answer as much as we can. I saw a few questions about the controller. So Travrex Iron Box on. YouTube said, what do you want to see out of the new controller? And I believe someone also asked similarly on the Twitter. Yes, uh, KBabs on TV also asked, do you think we'll see a big redesign of the DualShock? I, I, want, I want it to be a power glove. Just or the, uh, you know, all the um, the boomerang. Yeah, if they go back to the PS3 oh, just boomerang. Like that, that image has been circling that. around the internet yeah. um, recently, and I just, I, I can't bear how awkward it looks. It, 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 like, like a PS3 it makes thing, me right? feel yeah, arthritic. 
Like just <laughs> just looking at it, like my, like the muscles in my hand seize up, and I'm ugh. it's horrible. It was uh, yeah, but have horrible. You, have you ever used a steam controller? <laughs> that'll really hurt. That's your a fair point. Uh, when they revealed the PS3, that was the controller design, and it got yeah. such blowback that they well, it was went just back. a was it just. I thought it was just a patent. It was, it was like a prototype. How do, how no, do we it, figure out how to say this word patent? Patent. 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 <laughs> patent. Tom, don't say anything. She should believe it. It's fine. Um, I think they're going to stick pretty close to the DualShock. We talked yeah, last yeah. week yeah. Um, on the show uh, with our dearly beloved Max and Brian, rest in peace, uh, that they're still alive, that the there was this rumor about a DualShock redesign that would have like a screen where the touchpad is. I think that's a little silly. I don't mm-hmm. think I'm going to go that far, but obviously if it's going to be backward compatible, it has to be pretty close to the DualShock 4 and considering how beloved that controller is. I, yeah, I think it? functionally it'll be very similar. Um, I think there may be things that, that they'll get rid of, like the, the light sensor thing. Yeah. I mean, has anyone ever really... I like it, but no one's done but anything it's not, crazy. It's not... It's not it's not a game changer. It's not in the light it's on the not, back of the controller. It's no game changer. Yeah, I like when it tells me when my controller needs to be charged. Yeah, I like I mean, when it changes color when you die in certain games. That's yeah, cute. I mean even the trackpad. It's been used in in sort of interesting ways, but it's not. It certainly hasn't revolutionized the controller. So I totally agree. The th- interesting thing is what Jonathan just said, though, which is. If it is backwards compatible, they either have to keep the touchpad mm. or they need to have s- introduce something else that can replace that is equivalent it to it and yeah. Use, yeah. be used the same way, um, which is sort of an interesting corner to paint themselves into. Mm. Not that I don't I like I like the trackpad. I agree that it hasn't really been overly utilized in any sort of interesting ways besides being a sort of touchy button. But um, yeah, it's it's. It's interesting that they have that limitation if if they want to still have PS4 games work. Yeah, I feel I feel they went a little Homer's car on the last <laughs> control. <laughs> That's a Simpsons reference. I oh, gotcha. Did you that get that it? No, no, I'm calls. with you. Yeah. Yeah. I was just playing Simpsons Hit and Run on my GameCube recently, oh, so nice. I don't need no ray tracing. <laughs> it's funny how bad some games look nowadays, but it's still fun to play. <laughs> um, moving on to a couple other questions. We've had a lot of people basically asking the general question like, Price point aside of what we think it will be, is there a cap for you personally where, like, what would you pay for a PS5? Like, would you pay 500 if they put it at that price point, or would you wait for a price drop? Depends on the stats for me. 500 is probably as high as I want to go. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm a selfish, like, greedy baby, so I've, like, bought every console pretty much, like, when it's launched. (laughs) Pretty much. I think Yeah. the... Xbox 360, I held out a couple of months. Okay. But yeah, I traditionally, I mean, that's just me being, you know, I know that that's not the case for everyone, but I will, of course, be buying it day one. Yeah. Yeah. Outside of like work obligations, I just, I'm excited to see what happens. Um, Some people have been mentioning, uh, asking a lot of questions about like with the backward compatibility about games. And so Mm -hmm. I did want to touch on that before we move maybe Mm -hmm. on to anything else. But so obviously right now, Confirmed for PS4 still are Death Stranding, The Last of Us Part Two, and Ghost of Tsushima. As far as we know, those are PS4 games that now will be backward compatible on the PS5. Do you think any of these games will either skip PS4 or have remastered, for lack of a better term, or just like separate SKUs on the PS5 that take better advantage of that hardware? Do you think they will put the resources into doing that or just let them be PS5 compatible and move on to the next thing? I think... All of these games, well, maybe not Death Stranding, but certainly Ghost of Tsushima and um, Last of Us Part Two. I feel, uh, I feel like if they launch close enough to the PS5, they'd be crazy not to have a separate SKU. Like, these are games that are 
you know, promising just these gorgeous worlds. And these are, especially Ghost of Tsushima, like it's beautiful. It's so stunning, and to sort the of, ray tracing, the ray tracing, <laughs> to sort of skip that step, yeah, seems weird. Like seems stupid to me. Like I, I would want a PlayStation Five version. At least. It's got to be hard to market to. Well, not at least. (laughs) I mean, I would want a PlayStation 5 version. Additionally, yeah. It it feels weird to, like, on a marketing level to be like, say this console comes out 2020 fall. Yeah. Ghost of Tsushima also comes out 2020 fall. A parent is buying their kid a PlayStation 5 for Christmas. They're like, and they're like, I want the PlayStation Five games, and they're like, Ghost of Tsushima is a, can be played on your PS Five, and they're like, but is it for PS Five? Like, having to have store workers or Amazon descriptions convey that. Yeah, like you can it. play it on your PlayStation yeah. Five. Yeah, I. Uh, but uh, like, I that's why I I'm saying I could believe them doing the two skew thing, whether yeah. they're the same price or not. Like, I could see them doing that. But the, but the, here's the question: Is I asked the question how how, how much does? Well, sorry, excuse yeah, me. Okay. I'm going to ask a question. You're forgive. If like if they're using the same disc, right? If you can put a PlayStation Four disc into a PlayStation Five, and so many games nowadays mm-hmm. just you put in the disc and it spends 200 hours updating, you know, mm-hmm. and getting some fancy patch. What would stop them from selling it only on PS4? But if you put the disc in your PS5, all the assets are the same, but it downloads some patch that just lets it take advantage of that hardware a little more, adds maybe a couple little HD things here and there, tunes it up a little bit for that system, and then they only have to sell one SKU, but they can still take advantage of the hardware in the same way that if you put a game into a PS4 Pro, it's going to sort of up upgrade things slightly. I mean, I think that that is possible, but I don't think that makes much sense from a marketing angle. Mm. Like, you'd want, especially if these games are coming out around about the same time, you'd want to have the prestige of saying this is a PS5 game. Right. You know, and I feel like this is a PS4 game that can be upscaled isn't... It doesn't have the same ring to it. Maybe they'll just rebrand it and they'll call them PlayStation games. PlayStation family games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, very, oh, no. Yeah, well, I really hope there's not a PlayStation family library. I, <laughs> I don't I don't need that as a title. I'm They're, not going to lie. I don't think Death Stranding, Ghost of Tsushima, or Last of Us should be described as a family game in any way. Family. I mean, The Last of Us is about, you know, a makeshift it's about family. family. Yeah. Oh, man. The family we make people you coming together. <laughs> I'll give you that one. Sometimes maybe the show Friends. Friends of the family that you family. choose. <laughs> We're all going for just terrible. <laughs> just I'm uh, just like speaking like it, you were doing some dumb quip, and I was like, no, I'm getting in there. No, I'm, I need to I've got this. one better. <laughs> you did. It's true. Um, I'm looking through for any other questions, but for the most part, yeah, it is a. I, I do want to talk about and hear your thoughts also as I look mm-hmm. for questions for vamping purposes. Where can people ask questions? You can ask questions right now at youtube.com slash igmbeyond or facebook.com slash group slash podcast beyond. If you're listening to this via the VOD or in the audio form, don't worry. Go to those places. We will always be taking questions for further on. You can also email questions for every week on the show to beyond at IGN.com. Thank you for that plug. Tom, I appreciate it. Uh, how do you feel both about the way this information was delivered? We've kind of talked about it a little bit on and off. The first confirmation outside of a Financial Times interview like a year ago where they were like, we will be working on a next-gen system at some point. This is the first time that they have given us concrete information about this system. I will say for me, the weird thing, just to get it going, the very weird thing for me is that 
they just introduced state of play as a thing that PlayStation's doing where they're talking directly to consumers. And even if they didn't want to show the box, games running in the system, anything like that, to not have a voice of PlayStation directly telling the audience, you will get backward compatibility. Like the, mm. the goodwill that that would earn. Obviously, yeah. it, it wouldn't be the same mic drop moment that Xbox had at its conference years into a system's life cycle, but like the goodwill that that direct message can earn versus going to a, albeit mainstream, but mainstream tech outlet to give this explainer behind closed doors. It's How just, do you feel about it? It's such a weird filtering thing. That's the thing that is strange to me. And you, you hit the nail on the head with state of play. Like you, They just introduced that as a concept. And instead we're getting this information filtered through Mark Cerny, then filtered through a Wired writer who describes him as smiling enigmatically. Uh, it's, it's just a very strange way to receive the information. I get that Mark Cerny, you know, maybe he just, like, he was like, not nah, it has to be Wired or not at all. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it, 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 it's, it's, it sort of lacked the showmanship that Sony <laughs> has traditionally been so good at. And I find that odd like there could have been we could have still had all the smoke and mirrors and all the ooh, you know we're sort of maybe promising ray tracing and maybe mm-hmm. um and like have that as a visual thing have that as like a, an actual sort of you know a state of play nintendo yeah. direct style thing like it didn't have to be oh here are all the details right up front i, I, I it's weird. no i totally agree i think that it did lack that showmanship i think that's a good way of putting it mm. um but also, I think maybe they just had didn't have anything to show. Right. Like, like the question I have is how much of what Mark Cerny told Wired came from Wired asking those questions, and how much were they just willing to say? Yeah. yeah. How much were they willing to say exactly? Um, because maybe they just didn't really have anything, and they don't have an E3 show, and they don't want to be left out of this conversation as they know Xbox is starting to get ready to talk about stuff potentially, and they just want to make sure people know, but they don't want to be like, we don't have a name or a box to show you, but here's a thing about seven nanometers or whatever it is. Yeah, like, yeah. so uh, yeah. Patrick J on YouTube said, many gamers would be bored hearing nothing about PS5, but tech talk and no games for it in the state of play. Right. And I totally agree there's a dryness to it, but like... Sean Layden revealed we're not going to E3 or there's no PSX on the PlayStation blogcast. Like having mm. someone on that show talk directly via like a, an official PlayStation outlet, I'm surprised they didn't do it that way. If you just get someone charismatic enough, like explaining, like just with a like spinning cube, like a, you know, here's a spinning cube on the PlayStation 4 Pro, here's a spinning cube on the PS5. But and it doesn't have to be 20 minutes. Console. No, it, it could just, just be a like. Could yeah. it be ten minutes. Yeah, but but from a a marketing perspective, from a messaging perspective, if they had done that, the conversation afterwards, in my opinion, would probably be, man, they didn't show anything. Yep. They didn't tell us anything. They didn't even give us a name. This is ridiculous. And I, when you do it through yeah. a third party like this, the conversation is now, oh my god, look at all these details that Sony is giving us. And like, the, look at all this stuff. They are like with Wired. They are going for a mainstream, like the, probably the most mainstream tech outlet right. magazine that mm-hmm. there is. That the PS5 information can be available at a Walgreens or can be available at Target. Like someone when, could be picking When up. I was a kid, my bedroom door was covered in Wire magazine covers. Oh, mm. you know. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> no, but like, you know, I guess that's a fair point because we've produced a bunch of articles today, like speculating and, mm-hmm. and, and getting ourselves like, 
all in a frenzy about what this could be and what, yep. what it could look like and how much is it going to cost and and we're doing this you know, show we're right doing, now. We're doing. <laughs> <laughs> no, like we're the, doing their job for them. The God plan worked. So we we're going to stop take talking off about our headphones this. Yeah. and walk out. <laughs> just thirty more minutes of silence. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's just like it's a weird fit. Like I understand all the reasons why it happened. Mm. It is just it's a weird introduction to this generation's like marketing push the funny part to me is like what if i don't remember the, the author's name from wired i feel really bad about it but what if wired look at it. had just not liked anything they saw and what if they just wrote like what if playstation was like we're gonna get this information out and wired saw it and was like this looks terrible like uh, just, just the first information about the playstation 5 is just them grilling it would be so weird it would for backfire. for a full credit peter rubin is peter rubin peter rubin yes. good job uh, yeah thank you for uh, he the, there are points where he does mention like i asked them this and like they wouldn't exactly like he does ask hey is death stranding still for ps4 or is that going to be for ps5 and that was one of those mark cerny wry smile moments where he's like we should <laughs> see and then then he just yelled the word knack and ran out of the room i don't really know <laughs> actually threw down a smoke bomb. Yeah. Um, yeah. A couple people have been asking, including, I believe, Nicholas Galarza, excuse me, I didn't want to mispronounce where the Z and the R were, uh, <laughs> asked, will digital games be backward compatible and will all digital games essentially transfer over to the PS5? They didn't say specifically, so this will be a not in only a streaming console. It will uh, take discs. It will use physical media. I would assume so. Mm-hmm. Like, assuming that they are building from the PS4 architecture to be backward compatible, it would be weird to be like, you can play The Last of Us Remastered if you own it physically, but not digitally. Right. Yeah, there must be some system because, yeah. you know, especially considering the future that we that everyone <laughs> is investing in, which is a discless future. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah, they'd have to be transferable. With that said, I'm, I am kind of surprised that it, it has a disk drive. Mm. Like, it is very much a, a kind of, like, there is an element to this console that feels still a little old-fashioned in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you know, the old-fashioned box. You know, we're having, we're having like, Google on the one hand being like, oh, the future the is box streaming. The box doesn't yeah. exist. The box is in your mind. And then you've got Xbox, you we know. We were the box all along. We, yeah, exactly. And then you've got Xbox being like, okay, we've got a discless, you know, the future is a discless box. And, yeah. and, and Sony's here being all like, it's backwards compatible. And it's got a disc It's drive. got discs. Yeah, Luke Armstrong from the Facebook group for Beyond actually said, with Google and Microsoft both focusing on streaming games next generation, is Sony making the right move by focusing on a traditional hardware gaming? And obviously they have PlayStation now. They do, obviously, the PSN mm-hmm. store supports a wide variety of streaming games. It's obviously part of what they do. But do you think going this traditional route makes sense? I don't know if it's, like, the right route. I don't know if I can make that call yet. Yeah. But I'm it cool is a route. with it. Yeah. Like, it's a route I'm not opposed to it's a route i'm i'm happy that they are you know streaming gaming scares me a lot like for a lot of different reasons it could be really really cool and really really exciting and it could also be like sort of a buzzkill in a lot of different ways Mm. and the jury is still out so i'm sort of all right with sony saying you know what we're going to take another generation to feel this out maybe and see where what's happening and then Revisit it later, maybe. That, that yeah. that's okay with me. It's good to have the option, and and considering there's you know such an immediate focus on backwards compatibility, it's great that a lot of people's libraries won't suddenly become oh yeah, you know, obsolete. You if have they what, upgrade ninety million people who now are like oh yeah this is, I can get this and it'll just smooth right in yeah. right. 
Yeah. Yeah. It would be weird to see them abandon that so immediately. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. I don't think this generation is where we'll see that full change, but we'll see what happens going forward. Um, obviously, these, this is like the first PS5 push that we've seen. We're going to be hearing probably a lot more, I hope, in the months to come. And we'll report, be reporting about all of that on IGN, on the show. We have so much up on the site. Lucy, I know you and the features team and everyone have been working very hard yes. to get a bunch of pieces up. So if you haven't seen any of that stuff, please go check all of that out on IGN. Believe it or not, other things have happened mm. besides the really? PS5. Did they? A couple that I think are worth mentioning before we finish. I've um, been out of the loop because I've been reviewing Days Gone. I'm allowed to say that. Okay, I was like, oh no, can you? We're live, Lucy. <laughs> no, can I'm you allowed say to say that. that. Okay, I, I, I forgot how embargoes work sometimes. Um, but you can't say just because I know people will ask. You can't. Can you say when the review is happening? I don't. Uh, think you I think I um, actually. I don't, I'm not just, sure, okay. so I won't. But I'm allowed to say I've. Got, you know, I'm allowed to confirm I've got review code okay, and I have cool. been playing it. So when we get to what we're playing later. We'll, we'll know the answer. You just yes. won't be able to talk about it just yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did want to mention there was this sort of weird Horizon Zero Dawn sequel leak sort of thing that yeah. happened. Um, so Janina Gavankar, who's the lead of Star Wars Battlefront 2, was at uh, Star Wars Celebration this week. Right. And there was video of her talking to a fan who she acted in the Frozen Wilds DLC. And when she was talking to this fan who mentioned they were a Horizon fan... Janina replied to them, and I don't want to get the quote wrong. Uh, she said, in this video clip that's been taken down off of Twitch, but there are, like, back uploads of it, she said, quote, just wait until you see the sequel. You're going to die. I know some secrets. You're going to die. So this is, like, technically the first word we have heard of someone saying a Horizon sequel. It's it's important it, to note, though, that that second you're going to die was a threat. It was yes. not yeah, that was like, yeah, the that, other thing. No, yeah. Yeah. the you're going to die first one was, like, it's amazing. Frivolous. Yeah. And yes. the second one was, yeah. It yeah, got a little like, serious. I, I, she got very serious. And then the video got uploaded. So <laughs> that, unfortunately, happened. Obviously, we reached out to Sony for comment. Haven't heard any word back um, in regards to this I mean, quote, it's but, such a no-brainer. Everyone, right? everyone loved Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. It, sold, it sold really well. Well, uh, it, it of course, of course, Sony is making a sequel. Yeah, I'm really excited. I loved Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> I loved, loved, loved it. Um, in fact, I reviewed it. You did? Was it 9.2 on or 9.7? No, it was a it was nine, nine point, point something. Two. Yeah, I've forgotten, but it was high. <laughs> what was funny about that game's release? My favorite thing was like that. Obviously, a big open world game for Sony. Mm-hmm. It came out within a week of Breath of the Wild, and then those two games had this weird like. Breath of the Wild's first big update happened the same week as Horizon's big patch, and then the, the DLC happened for the Frozen Wilds the same time as like part of the Champions DLC happened for Breath yeah, of the Wild. Yeah, I, I found that really weird... maddening because I loved Breath of the Wild, obviously, but I also loved uh, Horizon, and people were like, oh, you know, I was really enjoying Horizon, but then Breath of the Wild like, you know, has caused me to abandon it, and I don't think I'll ever get like pick it up again. And it's like, no, pick it up again. They're very different games, very different <laughs> games. Yeah. Um, I, I'm hugely excited for Horizon potential sequel, whatever kind of weird robot dinosaurs they come up with. I can't wait to dissemble them. Yes. Every bit of them. Um, moving on from that, a little bit more on the Sony first party front. So God of War's one year anniversary comes up on Saturday, 420, please. And, uh, director Corey Barlog on Twitter talking about the anniversary, they revealed a new theme, uh, for your PS4. It's a dynamic theme you can download as well as new avatars that are coming out this week. But in addition to that, Corey Barlog, friend of the show, 
uh, teased that's not all that they had to show for this week and then quickly had to follow that up with like <laughs> just so no one gets the wrong idea there is no DLC coming for the game sorry yeah he's had <laughs> um, to say that so, many, so times. many times yeah Corey's been on the show a couple times and said we're not making DLC <laughs> because like the act of making that DLC like the ideas he even said I think on the show they had a couple ideas for DLCs that didn't like they were getting so big that they would just become their like own a little yeah second yeah like, uh, God of War 1.5 so I understand not wanting to make that leap and I appreciate mm-hmm. him quelling those hopes for something like that but i do i'm curious to see what that's not all might mean if there's any more reveals this week um especially because there was in the dynamic theme uh some fans decoded that the side of the boat has a translation and spoilers for god of war i'm saying this slowly so that people who listen on the 1.5 speed on their podcasts i know some of you in the beyond group do that don't immediately get spoiled oh that's very respectful anyway very quickly at the text on the boat says Ragnarok is coming and if you've played through God of War and seen the secret ending if you go back to the house there are very clear implications of Ragnarok being part of if not the sequel something else so that has me very excited I wonder if they'll do a little teaser trailer or something along those lines for a proper sequel though this doesn't necessarily feel like the time but that'd be pretty crazy it really doesn't feel like the time if we got like PS5 information then three days later they're like oh yeah by the way God of War 2 confirmed it comes out 2021 that's crazy that would be insane can I just give a shout out to those like fans who decode stuff like that that? like I just I I have so much respect because I have no my attention span is just non-existent and like fans who do that who like go through with a fine tooth comb I just like full respect thank you for just sharing that information with us and and yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. There was like the um the special edition of God of War came with a map of Midgard and around <laughs> it was all of these uh runes that were translated and it was like it was one of the big easter eggs they had in the game, but also on the map there were all these like it essentially like led you through their story on the map if you mm. followed the runes. But some people just cut out that step and just translated the end result and it's like, "Oh, okay, it's incredible what everyone comes to." Or, like the <laughs> obviously the like final easter egg that people found in the house. Um but yeah, we are this close hold on i think we're getting i'm getting live information about this um shout out to my girlfriend who is listening to the show right now um hey meredith (laughs) hi meredith uh who revealed to me there is a god of war the card game happening this is not like a joke or anything this is a legit god of war made by uh now you got me interested come on i know is it like is it like a physical card game Simon, Simon, like, it's cool minis or not is what it stands oh, for. That's They're cool. very well known it's, um, uh, board game maker. I'm afraid of volume on my computer, so I'm going to do this real quick. Cool, we didn't mess anything up. Sorry for the audio listeners. Oh, this at home. is awesome. Yeah, so they announced a proper this card game. This is so game. dramatic. Yeah, like they, we're getting this live. We're getting this. It's live. a card game. I'm cool with that. Um, and so, is it like an actual physical card game? It's or a physical. Oh. It's a physical card game. Maybe they'll make a digital version of it. But God of War the card game. Uh, I'm looking for a release date or anything like that. Uh, coming Q3 of 2019. Uh, that is really cool. That's cool. Uh, yeah, Simon is a very, very big, well-respected. Simon. Simon. Oh. Cool minis or not, and that's because they make a lot of games with minis. Oh, Although okay. This I, that's not where my head was at. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> Players take on the role of the Norns as they try different combinations of heroes and events in order to stop Ragnarok, which would make sense for the tease on the boat. There you go. Each game is a new attempt to find the right key to saving Midgard from destruction. One to four players must work together, embodying mighty heroes such as Kratos, Mimir, Atreus, Brock and Sindri, and Freya. They will fight enemies and bosses from God of War, but combined and remixed in exciting new ways, creating unique what-if scenarios every time they play. If they succeed, the way forward has been succeeded, and Ragnarok has been halted. That's cool. Wait, and can if someone fight, just, just be a again. head? 
yeah, you could just be Mimir, what? the smartest man alive, as he says on that keychain that I have on my desk. <laughs> um, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, thank you to my girlfriend for making sure we got that information live on the air. I appreciate your help. Nice one. The news we would have looked mighty foolish yeah. are, are you wrapped this and not had that information. Uh, are you interested in being the executive editor of news? We'll talk about this when I get home. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's really cool. I did want to also just mention, obviously, we're approaching the year anniversary of it. I reviewed God of War. I gave it a 10. It was our game of the year last year. I, I haven't gone back to it yet. I wanted to just because there have been so many games coming out. But, like, man, I still think about that game all the time. Mm. It's, it's so great. It's so great. It's beautifully acted. The art is incredible. The story is so impactful. The world is amazing. I just I still love that game. It feels so good to play as well. Yes. It's one of those games where I'm like, I'd like to pick it up again just so I could throw the axe around. Yep. Yeah, in the, the world. The axe, which one of my favorite sticking points of my review was, I put up my review before the game came out and talked about how much fun I had just like playing with the axe around the world. And a bunch of people were like, "This kid with an axe, like what a baby!" He's I reviewing this game. they got really stuck yeah. into that. They were for some really reason. upset with like me being like, "I spent ten minutes just throwing the axe yeah, around." Like it was fun. It I was fun. It. And then the game came out, and everyone's like, "The axe is amazing!" Yeah. And it's yeah, it's incredible. Um, you showed them, Jonathan. You showed <laughs> them. Finally, uh, it's take that high school bullies. <laughs> I showed the internet bullies who is not the bully. It's funny, um, real quick, if I may. Yes. It's funny how many Sony games are becoming board games and card games. Yeah, Horizon. Horizon Zero Dawn is also getting a board game. Resident Evil 2 has a board game now. And also um, uh, Metal Gear Solid is getting oh, a board yeah. game. Like there's, there's a lot of Sony games turning into board games here and there. And not all of those, of course, are Sony first party, but it's just like very distinctly Sony things. Uh, yeah, it's it's cool to see like that these Bloodborne had a board game. Oh yeah, the it was a card game, right? Or did uh, they do a? Yeah, it's like a yeah. board cardy thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I bought the Dark Souls board game mm-hmm. and I never took it out of the box. <laughs> That's fair. What happened? Just sat around in my apartment. And I looked at it feeling guilty. We bought a game that uh, board game that literally took us an hour to set it up, and by the time we got to the end of the setup, we were like. Yeah, let's just play another game. <laughs> it was like it was so it was a beautiful looking game, but it was so confusing that that is now just like a a nice sixty dollar mantelpiece uh-huh. that we have. Yeah. Um, moving on, before we end news crunch, very briefly, I just wanted to point out there was this was before all the PS Five information. There was this insane PS Five rumor dump on like Pastebin. It was getting passed around. A bunch of people were pointing it out to us as like they were going to. The part of this rumor, and I'm not taking any of this as true, but I find it amazing as a co- combination of rumors. They included the idea that there would be a PlayStation Plus Premium, essentially, that would gate alphas and betas and mm-hmm. different like free weekends and things like behind Play- that. PlayStation Plus 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 Plus, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, Disney is Disney Plus, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, I did see your text, Meredith. Uh, yeah, it's pretty. <laughs> PlayStation Plus Deluxe. Oh, Just add Deluxe onto anything, and it works. If I may. They then say the PlayStation 5, they accidentally write PS4 exclusive launch games that this person knows of. Gran Turismo 7 in VR, PUBG Remaster in 4K, Last of Us 2 Remaster, Ghost of Tsushima Remaster, and then two to three AAA games plus PSVR 2 games with GTA 6 coming holiday 2020. Hmm. In addition to Battlefield Bank Company 3, Harry Potter, Assassin's Creed, and Horizon 2 for 2021. Which just feels like a lot of names that if I guessed, like if there was a Twitter feed that was like i'm an industry insider and it said those things it would get picked up by like half a dozen places but can you imagine if rockstar released red dead redemption 2 and gta 6 within like 14 months of each other or whatever it would be that would be madness that would be insanity i would like the world would lose it rockstar would crumble apart at the seams i couldn't imagine that yeah it would be insane 
they still have to support GTA Online and Red Dead Online. Yeah. yeah I don't know yeah. how that would happen. Um, but anyway, obviously, when we do find confirmed PlayStation 5 news, we will be talking <laughs> to you about that in the future or any other amazing rumors. Send those rumors to beyond at IGN.com. I love reading rumors. Uh, there's a rumor of a Nintendo Direct literally every 20 minutes that people in the office will be like, hey, do you hear there's a Nintendo Direct coming tomorrow? And I'm like, no. Are you just constantly living in a state of stress? Yes, because everyone thinks there's always a Nintendo Direct. I feel like I'm living a life of a Nintendo Direct waiting for the Nintendo Directs. Good thing we have Inside Xbox and State of Play 2. Anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> that is our very extended News Crunch segment. I don't want to like belabor anything too much. I think we covered the PS5 mm-hmm. topic pretty well. Uh, I did want to move on to Memory Card. Uh, t- uh, Thomas Marks, do you know Memory Card? Oh, I, I forgot to uh, guess your middle name. Uh, Thomas uh, Nathaniel Marks. No, but kind of similar cadence. Ooh, good to know. Uh, anyway, that's a callback for last week. Anyway, uh, Memory Card is a segment here where every week someone on the show, and in addition to viewers and listeners at home, write in with a PlayStation memory from their time playing with PlayStation games and systems, and we call that Memory Card, and I hope I can get this one to work properly. Like so Ronnie Barry, our producer, made a bunch of Memory Card segments based off of Psycho Mantis from Metal Gear 1. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 1, which I love. Uh, Tom, I'm putting you on the spot. Do you have any PlayStation memory that comes to mind that you'd like to share? And I'm happy to read some from the fans at home to give you time. One, but I think I've, I, I think I, uh, I've shared it maybe on the show before. One of the most distinct memories I have when I was a little kid was uh, finding out that the Monster Rancher game, if you put the Little Mermaid soundtrack into the Monster Rancher game as like a summon disc it would get you a special water creature. And that was what... That, what? That, How does that work? Yeah, so what? that game in general blew my mind when I was a kid because on PS1, you could open the the disc drive. Oh, like stop and swap. Yeah, and you would take the disc out and the game would keep running. And to me as a little kid, that was witchcraft. That was not... <laughs> it was magic. And you'd take out the game and you'd put in another disc and then you'd close it and it would scan it and then it would give you a monster based off of that as if it was like a summon disc from the show. And uh, specific soundtracks or games would give you specific creatures. Was it a specific song No, the Little Mermaid? No, or you just put it was just like a really bad MIDI the, whole the new world. The thing I heard was that Sony like published published that soundtrack or something. And yeah. so they like knew it or I don't know what the I don't know what the the truth of that how is. How did you find this out as a little little Tom Marks? Also, how did, did I little did little Tom Marks wear a little uh, little bow tie? No. <laughs> no, he did not. Smaller no. bow ties <laughs> that you graduated size. No. Uh I don't know. I literally it's just one of those things that I don't know. It just ex- existed right. and was one of those rumors that was passed around. I don't even remember if all I remember is as a kid looking for if we had the soundtrack, not That's actually amazing. knowing if I scanned it or not. That's my memory. That's amazing. Thank that you, is Tom, a great for memory. Uh, for those who would like to share their memories from home, you can write in to beyond at IGN.com with the subject line memory card, and we will read some of these on the show. The first one that I have for today is from Kevin. Uh, Kevin writes in, hello, I've been listening to the show since last year and love it. Thank you, Kevin. My memory card is about my mom and I when I was young. We had a PS1 and Crash Bandicoot was my favorite game. Sometimes when I couldn't sleep, my mom would let me sleep on the couch while she played Crash. And although she never really liked games, she did it because it always put me out like a light. <laughs> After some time, she grew to really like playing, and then we had something to talk about, like which level we couldn't get past, looking at you, Road to Nowhere. Anyway, it's always stood out as something that really connected my mom and myself, and part of why I still love video games to this day. Thanks for the Aww. amazing work you guys do. That's lovely. I Thank yeah. you for that. That's that a really nice, nice story. As someone who played uh, Crash with their mom a lot, as it, that story hit close to home, yeah. I guess. 
Who knew Crash could, could unite so many children and their parents? <laughs> um, Didn't unite me with my parents. <laughs> it drove you apart. It, it created a wedge in it your did. family. Crash Bandicoot was it the actually, reason. Actually, I think it might have. Because that was one of my first PlayStation games, and I was, just, I was so addicted. And I think my parents were very like, mm. That's why you moved to the U.S. They were like, stop playing Crash Bandicoot. It's like, true. Move out of this country. Yeah, I reached my 30s, and I was like, enough, mom and dad. <laughs> I'm moving out. I'm moving out. To play Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> uh, the other one I want to read was from Johnny. Uh, Janny, perhaps. He said, P.S., now you can all try to say my name. Uh, J-A-N-I. Jenny. Uh, last name Malmanen, I'm going to say. M-A-L-M-I-N-E-N. I'll go, I'll go yeah, Janny. Yeah, Janny works. Hello, everyone. Probably my favorite PlayStation memory is from the PS1 era. When Final Fantasy VII was announced, I was already a huge FF fan, so I had to have it as soon as possible. And that meant the Japanese version of the game. So I sold all of my anime VHS and modded my PS1 and imported the game. It wasn't cheap here in Finland. (gasps) Fast forward about a month, and I'm in my parents' small trailer mobile home. It's 2 a.m., and I finally beat Sephiroth on a 14-inch TV. It wasn't easy getting that far because in 1997, internet was totally different from what it is today. I even got the Golden Chocobo and Knights of the Round. I beat the game many times after that in English this time, but that memory memory will always be one of my favorites. That is amazing dedication. That is such amazing dedication. Yeah. I I always love those ideas, like the whole when you beat a game at like 3 a.m. in the morning. Like that's that's how it was for me uh, beating Kingdom Hearts 3 for the review. Right. We had like a pretty short window. And I beat that game at like 2 a.m. in the morning after a like six hour blitz of the end of that game. And it was just like this. Oh, it's over. <laughs> what do I what do I do now? This is very weird. <laughs> I waited 10 years for this game. You're just like just... the sweaty rag of a person. At yeah. That point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was, it was very warm in the apartment, too, uh-huh. for some reason. The ventilation was not working. I don't know what happened. Um, but yes, thank you both uh, for sending in those memories. Remember, you can write in at memory card as the subject line to beyond at IGN.com, and we'll read some on the show each week. Uh, before we wrapped up, I figured we could talk a little bit about what we're playing. Lucy, I figured that might be a shorter conversation for you. I am playing Days Gone. <laughs> All right, Lucy, thank you for telling us. And Tom, what have you been playing recently? Uh, I started Yakuza 0 for the first time last night. Oh, nice. I've never played any Yakuza games. but Is that on... like the launching point? Is that what Max well, said? Well, so that's what Max said on this show to me like a year ago. He has okay. said both. He has said start with Kiwami, but also start with Zero sometimes. Because yeah. he, he gets in a lot of arguments because essentially Kiwami is the remake of one, but Zero is the prequel but yeah. it's influenced by what you know from the late right, games. So right. it's like there's back and forth about where to start. He had told me initially Zero, and he had been recommending these games for a long time, and I finally started it yesterday. And I love the beginning of that game because you get into two fights, and it teaches you how to do combat, and then immediately you go and do karaoke, and there's like a rhythm game karaoke minigame, and you're like, what is this video game? I don't even know, but it's great, and I'm, I'm enjoying it okay. quite a bit. Awesome. I... Yeah, I, I've meant to start the game. I think they had Kiwami 1 on PlayStation Plus recently, and I downloaded it as one mm-hmm. of those, like, Max, you've heard me talk about Kingdom Hearts for months. I'll, I'll play Kiwami for your <laughs> sake because you've done this. Um, I have not gotten to it yet. What I did want to talk about was there's a couple big-ish indie games for me this week and then also a big Sony first-party game coming out this week, which we haven't gotten the chance to play, full disclosure, but we will, obviously, talking about it future on the show. First one I wanted to talk about was Ghost Giant, which is PSVR. Uh, we have a review of it on the site. I believe we gave it an 8.3. Around there. Um, somewhere in that range. Uh, <laughs> it's from Zoink Games. They made Flipping Death, a couple other games. Uh, they are under the Thunderful banner that is also image and form. It's a VR game that I wouldn't say is doing anything that new, 
Um, I played through it over the weekend, and it's surprisingly emotional, though. Like, the mm-hmm. storytelling of it, you essentially, you are a ghost giant who befriends this, no. little, this little cat man named Louie. A cat kid. man. A, ca- a cat kid, if I can. Cat kid. Okay. Cat kid, Louie. And he, essentially, he and his friend are in a fight right now. He's trying to repair their friendship. He's also got some issues going on. Like, his mom, I think, is suffering from some depression, which is, like, a pretty serious thing that you don't exactly know at first, but starts to unfurl itself as you go through it. But it's got this whimsical charm to it where everything in the world is essentially, like, a real... It's made from real-world items, so it's like things are thumbtacked together, and it looks like (laughs) felt or paper. It's kind of like Yoshi's uh, crafted world, Mm -hmm. where things are connected, and so the puzzle-solving is you're always stuck in one location, but you can shift around the world, and you solve puzzles by, like, ripping the sides of a building off and getting a certain item that will need to go over here. It's basically a point-and-click adventure in VR, which we've seen a lot in VR before, but it's done very well. The story is more engaging than I expected it to be, both on, like, a fun, whimsical, like, cheery Tim Burton way. Right. Um, cheery Tim Burton. Cheery Tim. If Tim Burton was cheery for a day, okay. he would probably make something like Ghost Giant. But <laughs> it's something like that, but it's also surprisingly deep at times. And it was one of those things where there's a beauty to some moments that I truly did not expect and made me go like, oh, wow, there is a lot to this game. It's also a pretty easy platinum, which is always a bonus for me. <laughs> um, but I highly recommend it if you have PSVR. It's like four to five hours tops, which is mm. wonderful these days when you don't have a ton of time to play things. The other game I want to mention was Heaven's Vault, which is by Inkle, who made 80 Days, which is this awesome mobile game. Oh, I love 80 Days. Heaven's Vault is essentially you are in this sort of like futuristic, interconnected, like planetary region where you are, the main game mechanic is deciphering an ancient language. And so the game starts off the inciting incident. Essentially, someone has gone missing and someone has asked you to go investigate what's happened to them. And as you go along, you find different artifacts. Maybe it's a dagger. Maybe it's an inscription on a building or something and you find these symbols and they're not from a real language they made up a language for the game and as you go you see different symbols have similarities between them and you get the sense that like oh this word means emperor so this might mean holy because they considered emperors holy at that time in this region Um, and so you go along you have like a certain number of suggestions per word but essentially the mechanic is deciphering a language and as you go you're getting more options you're getting options uh off the list so you're like it doesn't mean that and it's a really cool central mechanic the game is a little janky like the the graphics uh, don't always hold up in terms of like there's the way the character is animated it's very purposefully stilted right like it's like 2d animation where it's stilted but occasionally like they'll flicker in and out or like parts of the world may like drop in and out very easily and it's a very quiet game there's not like soundtrack all the time and there's only occasional voiceover but i'm so fascinated one by the mystery it sets up and two the like language system that I'm kind of like, oh, I want to see where the story goes. Yeah. It's really interesting, and they've obviously, they've crafted really well-told stories before, so I believe in them <laughs> to keep going. Cool. <laughs> um, that came out, it's for PS4 and PC, so if you have a PS4, I'd definitely recommend at least giving it a try. The last thing I wanted to mention, though, for this week is Dreams is out in early access today. Ooh. After, after years of release date announcements, release date delays, <laughs> all these things, the, the many stories I've written about the release date of that game is now out in early access, which is good because that means it will ca- transfer over to the PS5 and we won't lose all this early access work. Um, <laughs> we have not gotten the chance to play it yet. Uh, we've seen it at events and things. Um, I am astounded based on the alpha or the beta. We did get to play that a little bit. I'm astounded by what people made in like two weeks of that game. and I'm excited to see what people make going forward. Uh, there's no PSVR support in the early access version of the game, but you still can create so many things. Um, <laughs> Tom, have you like how are you feeling about? We haven't really talked about dreams, you and I. How, how, 
what do you, do you see like the exciting potential for it? Are you going to try it? Do you like game creation suites? Like, yeah, I uh, Little Big Planet. The first Little Big Planet was like one of my favorite games of all time when it came out. I so was did you create obsessed. a lot in that game? Badly, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I stopped doing the creative stuff or the create stuff on two and three, ironically, because it got too good. Mm. Like it, too it became so complex right. in. In, and they did a good job of making it approachable tools still, but there was so much that I was sort of petrified by choice, and I never felt like anything I was making was good enough, and it sort of curled myself into a ball and cried myself to sleep instead of actually making things. And then I realized I had a kind of moment of realization and, and calm where I was like, oh, I'm just not one of the people that's supposed to make stuff. I'm just one of the people that's supposed to play stuff. That's great. Cool. I can I can live with that. So I'm excited for dreams from that perspective. I'm excited to see just, like, really cool stuff that people make, but I'm not probably going to dive into it myself mm-hmm. just in the making i mean I'll, I'll play around but yeah i'll let i'll let more talented people who have more motivation than me to do, do that lucy are you gonna plan on like creating anything or basically just experiencing no it? i'm i'm terrible yeah me too yeah like no fundamentally <laughs> just really bad at, at like creating stuff in games i am so bad i could never be a game developer because the little big planet engine was enough to uh, <laughs> it breaks my brain because i'm just like where do i start there's yeah. and especially with dreams where it's like just make anything yeah just, just do whatever you want I'm you know like, oh. and i'm like but what do i want what yeah. do i want to make i don't, I don't know. want anything i'm bad and i make like i end up making like this crappy little bridge and then i'm like oh that's i'm done now uh yeah chloe rad our former features editor she like started messing around with stuff in the beta and she just basically made a flat world with a body that he couldn't stop running and then he kept falling through the world because it, it just like the physics weren't she didn't properly line it up because there's so much you can consider in this yeah game. man an incomplete or bad dreams game is just an existential nightmare you yeah. just have a mm-hmm. person running forever falling through the floor and you're like oh my god my life yeah. dreams yeah. are your nightmare no yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, no uh, like, like Tom I'm very excited to play what other people come up with um just to wit- to witness what other people come up with, because it's not way. necessarily just going to be like games that yeah. we, we see coming out of dreams. It's going to be yeah. all sorts of things. You can make movies. You can make short music videos. Like there's so so much potential for what people can make. And obviously, uh, I do want to highlight this game going forward because it's such an interesting addition to the PlayStation Four mm-hmm. exclusive library, but also just in gaming right now. Uh, if you make things, if you make something you want to share in Dreams with us, write in to beyond.ign.com, put Dreams in the headline, uh, tweet at me, uh, let us know what you're creating, because I would like to highlight some of that stuff on the show, even if we're just describing it to people at home for the audio version and just giving a link on the YouTube or the IGN article. I want to be able to highlight some of the cool stuff that I think people are going to make probably pretty quickly in this game. Yeah. So if you are making stuff, please show know us that, your genius. Yes, show us your genius because we can't show ours because we don't have any. <laughs> Honestly, or show us your mediocre. We want to yeah. see that too. Yeah, I, I want to see the. Wacky. I actually like that. Yeah. I like the yeah the bad. Show us the bad ones as well. well whatever the quality, friends, whatever the that's true. Whatever the quality of your dream is, we are all friends here. You can show it free of judgment. We may laugh if there's something it's ridiculous, space. In it, but please show us your dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, we will wrap up the show. Just some housekeeping. If you are listening to the show, we are on most available podcast platforms. Please make sure you rate, subscribe, like us, give us five stars. Say we did a good job, baby, if you thought we did. If not, I understand some people don't like my voice. But let us know either way, and we appreciate the feedback, and don't cry about it at night, definitely. So definitely be sure to do that. If you're on YouTube, please subscribe. Thank you so much to everyone who's been watching the live stream version of this. We'll try to do this again now and then when like big, crazy breaking news happens. It's really exciting to be able to interact with all of you live on the show in 
time with it actually happening. Um, but beyond that, you can see new episodes normally every week, Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific at beyond.ign.com or youtube.com slash IGN Beyond or whatever podcast service you prefer. Other than that, every weekly drop, you can find us all on IGN.com. Of course, we are producing content all the time, so please read and watch it. And you can also find us on Twitter, Instagrams, all the socials. Lucy, where can people find you? Uh, Lucy O'Brien on Twitter and Instagram. Oh, and also follow my cat's Instagram. Uh, it's Big Boy Buffy. <laughs> That's two O's, right? Two O's. B O O F Y. Yeah. Okay, just want to double check for the folks at home. Tom, where can people find you? Uh, just at Tom R Marks on Twitter. And uh, any Instagram you want to plug, or you're not using that anymore? I, I mean, I do, but okay. I, I have fine. an Instagram have... that a coworker made me make <laughs> that is just for pies and pie pictures only, and it's what's it called? Bo underscore pies. It's very good. Tom makes amazing pies. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. Uh, and I am at JM Dornbush on Twitter and Instagram. If we're plugging pets, I'm going to plug my dog, Loki. He's at Loki, God of Cute. You can see him. I named him, speaking of this week, for God of War. Uh, and he is adorable and bites my feet way too much, but we're trying to teach him to not do that. Uh, anyway, this has been Beyond. Tom, I'm going to ask you if you could grab me that uh, oh, keyboard, yeah. and I'm going to ask you to drop the sound in just a little bit. But thank you all so much for watching, for listening. Remember, this is IGN's weekly, weekly PlayStation show, Beyond. And as always, Beyond. 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 Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.